today's episode of High Tech Sunday, our hosts, Lingo Dean and Dr. Mark Vaughn, sit down with Jem Pagan for an insightful conversation on the new normal. Up first is Lingo Dean. Lingo is Career Communications Group's Senior Technology Editor. She has written for U.S. Black Engineer Magazine, Women of Color Magazine, and Hispanic Engineer Magazine for more than a decade. Next, Dr. Mark Vaughn. Dr. Vaughn is Manager of Technical Talent Pipelining for Corning Incorporated's Technology Community and is the lead for the Technology Community Office of STEM. In this role, Vaughn develops, implements, and manages PK-20 science and engineering programs and initiatives in support of meeting the technology community's near-term and long-term technical talent needs. In addition to his primary role, Vaughn is a sought-after training program designer and facilitator and is a highly regarded diversity champion and community leader. Finally, our esteemed guest, Jem Pagan. Jem Pagan is an innovation expert. This role exposes him to some of the largest organizations in the world that are driving goods and services. Jem Pagan leverages his 25 plus years of experience as an IT executive to consult with enterprises on new market trends, disruptions, and innovation. He has served as the Director of Business Transformation Services for Oracle Corporation. He also served as the Chief Enterprise Architect and Chief Information Security Officer for the Commonwealth of Pennsylvania's Office for Information Technology. He is a member of the New York and Boston CTO Clubs, Open Networking Users Group, Chief Marketing Officers Association, Cybersecurity Alliance, Cloud Standards Council, Open Internet Exchange, and the Advisory Board of Continuum Data Center. And without further delay, High Tech Sunday, featuring Lango Dean and Dr. Mark Vaughn. Thank you for that kind introduction, Brandon. Welcome back, everyone, and uh, over to you, Dr. Vaughn. Great, thank you so much, Lango. And again, I extend my welcome and greetings to everyone. Uh, we are really excited about today's conversation because it is hitting us where we live, the new normal. And uh, Mr. Pagan, so happy to have the opportunity to actually engage you on this topic because it is one that you have spent a lot of time thinking about. Before we jump right in and have the uh, conversation, it's always interesting on High Tech Sunday to find out how someone with your particular skill set actually got to this point in your experience. So can you tell us a little bit about how it is that you came into this particular field of study and expertise? Uh, good, good evening, Dr. Vaughn and Lingo, and thanks for having me. And uh, thank you for the uh, warm introduction. I would say that I'm a product of multiple mentors throughout my career, and I still leverage mentorship uh, to continue to uh, receive the guidance that I need. Uh, as you know, the markets are changing quite radically, and the blended IT professional is really the professional that has business acumen. They have, you know, insight into uh, automation and work flow processes, they understand organizational management. 
and I, I would say that my beginning really uh, started at Morgan State University School of Engineering, uh, where I, I uh, studied and actually uh, worked for Dr. Eugene Deloach for about 10 years before I entered into the private sector. And during the course of, of my experience at Morgan State University, I was given access to uh, corporate partnerships, uh, grant writing, advanced research, uh, infrastructure, uh, redesign and deployments. And I would say that that probably is the single most impactful, uh, uh, I would say, uh, part of my experience uh, in getting into a more professional state today. I reflect on those uh, early days because they fortified me with an understanding of what it takes to really drive the uh, the next level and how do you bring the entire team on are the questions that I'm hit with every day. And I, I just am very grateful for my humble beginning. Wow, thank you for that. And uh, we certainly are excited to hear about your connection to uh, Dr. Deloach. Uh, he is a giant uh, in the field. Uh, but you mentioned uh, how it is that the experience with uh, industry with corporate America actually has been so pivotal. And certainly in a conversation about the new normal, that is going to be front and center. So let's just talk about it to, to get this part of our interaction going. How would you define this concept of new normal. We've all been going through changes um, socially, societally, even culturally. Uh, what do you think of when you hear uh, folks talk about this new normal? Well, it definitely is uh, the new buzzword for sure. <laughs> I my, my initial thoughts really center on the fact that the new normal is really uh, a more rapid pace of change that we're sort of thrust into uh, because of the pandemic and what's occurring in terms of social distancing and the disruption to the workplace. I would define the new normal as the inability to leverage traditional uh, means of commuting and working and embarking upon a new concept for what it means to be an enterprise workforce. And that really centers on the fact that uh, remote and teleworking has increased substantially, as we all know, and understanding how to deliver products and goods and services to our customers is one that uh, requires us to think outside of the box. So I think the new normal really comes down to a consistent state of innovation against the unknown uh, that allows us to center on those principles that have gotten us this far and to leverage those same principles to go into this unknown. And as we begin to get closer to an inoculant, we get into the uh, phase of distribution of uh, the various vaccines. It's going to be really important for us to be patient with the process and understand that we probably are going to be in this state for the next 12 months uh, minimum, uh, probably 18 months if you're more skeptical. Wow, that, that is sobering to think about. When we are in mind of how we look at life and work, you mentioned uh, the whole area of enterprise. 
on a personal level, all of us are certainly familiar with physical and social distancing, um, shelter in place or lockdowns, uh, and even uh, you know teleworking, uh, medical uh, that is now kind of uh, telecommuted. Um, what is it, do you think, that we have lost or left behind as a result of this pandemic here, certainly in the United States, but even globally? And do you think there's any going back? Uh, great question. Uh, so what we've lost is the intimacy of working together as a team. Uh, and if you look at a lot of the uh, strategies around building a positive culture, it really centered on bringing people together. If you think about diversity initiatives, it's all about bringing people with different backgrounds and different perspectives together. So that togetherness was usually in a physical space. Now we have to leverage technology to virtually uh, be together, which of course has its challenges. Uh, but as we begin to embrace this more, I believe that it will become more accommodating to us as more advances are made in how we communicate remotely. It's going to be really important going forward, in my opinion, that we remain patient and positive. I think those are the two uh, uh, characteristics of the high-performance employees and high-performance uh, professionals who understand, you know, that change is inevitable and the rate of change is really uh, uh, the, the major challenge here. And if we're going to reclaim uh, that which we've lost, we have to now reside and rely on technology more so now than ever. And I know that sounds like, you know, sort of uh, a, a you know, a uh, uh, cliche because we are so technology driven. However, uh, when you think about the lack of, of personal uh, presence, it's going to be really important that uh, people begin to leverage patients and, uh, and leverage uh, their positive state because otherwise, you know, we will be uh, thrown into a lot of uh, uh, unnecessary worry uh, in trying to anticipate what's coming as opposed to le leveraging our principles to get us through this, this period. So when you, when you um, stop and think about uh, the idea of our having lost some of or a lot of our physical connectivity, the opportunity for us to uh, sit shoulder to shoulder in a conference room and wrestle with a tough problem, that certainly weighs on us in more ways than just the physical and even our ability to innovate. One of the things that is really attractive to me about High Tech Sunday uh, is the fact that we have the technology, but we also have the spiritual side as well. So what are your thoughts about how we can, uh, from the spiritual side of things, really deal with what we've lost? What, what can we lean on, uh, on on that particular ground? That's a really important question, and it's one that uh, will have varying opinions. So all I can offer is mine, uh, and my opinion is just that, a humble one. I would, again, pivot back to uh, really focusing on what is the positive path? What is the positive response? What are the positive thoughts that we can draw on in moments when we have uh, indecisiveness uh, in front of us? I think 
from a spiritual standpoint, uh, we're, we're always taught to take no thought, not to worry. You know, sufficient in this day are all of the activities we need. And we should put off thinking about tomorrow. And we certainly should not delve into the past. Uh, that's easier said than done because, you know, our brains are constantly uh, collecting both uh, thoughts from the past and the future. And uh, once in a while, we pause enough to stay present. I think the spiritual aspects of what's been taught across multiple religions really uh, goes into the fortification of our commitment to not try to define the future too far into the future because unfortunately we have no control of that. And any thought into the future is just an illusion, it's uh, speculation. And when we put too much uh, ownership on our thoughts in terms of the past and the future, uh, that's where we begin to trap our feelings uh, and sometimes get caught into a cycle where we can't break it. So I think spiritually we have to stay focused on where we are right now. What are we doing in this moment that helps us to remain positive? What are we thinking and what should we begin to focus on that brings the positive uh, thoughts to the forefront? And the reason why I'm harping on positiveness is because it's the opposite of negativity. Uh, and we see lots of examples of what's happening when people lose their patience, when they uh, feel trapped or feel somehow uh, cornered and the lash out and the anxiety and the uh, anger that uh, is caused is really focused on a lot of unnecessary thoughts around what they can't do as opposed to focusing on what we can do in the moment positive and patient. Uh, that, that ought to be a new uh, hashtag. Uh, I may have to adopt that one. Uh, I said a few minutes ago that you really gave us a sobering perspective on how long we may find ourselves not so much in a holding pattern, but in this particular pause that we're in. Uh, you said that you're thinking, and, and it certainly uh, is corroborated by a number of reports that we could be in this for 12 to 18 more months. I remember when we here in New York State went on lockdown uh, back in the middle of March, one of my children, who is uh, a manager for uh, a technology company, said two weeks in, I can't do it. I can't take another week. This has got to uh, end. Uh, and then here we are, four months in, and now we're hearing another uh, eight months or another 18 months. So I guess the question is, after 18 months, will we come out and the new normal will be the old normal? And if that were possible, what would your hope be that we don't come out of this period and lose? Uh, that's a great question and, uh, and a loaded one, Doc. <laughs> I'll do my best to, uh, to address <laughs> it. <laughs> so uh, it really comes down to understanding that in the new normal, we may never get back to full capacity anytime soon in terms of uh, a return to the workplace. Uh, and I'm saying that because of the spacing requirements and the social distancing that uh, is required. I'm sure you are aware of the new COVID-19 uh, response from uh, hundreds of uh, healthcare professionals that are now saying the mask has become the most 
important deterrent to uh, you know catching this uh, this this un, uh, you know uh, nasty virus right. because of the uh, of the airborne uh, capacity when uh, we speak uh, openly. So when you think about this, you really think about you know how do we effectively you know build out the right social distancing within the workplace and what i'm beginning to see as a trend is the half on half off where we have a distributed workforce that comes back uh to accommodate the social distancing of course they can't go back to 100 percent capacity this is even impacting the school systems where uh my daughters are being told and 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 as parents also we're being informed that we may have to to have uh, distributed uh, school days where part yeah. of the week is, uh, you know, homeschool or remote learning and the other part will be in class with uh, social distancing. I think this is going to be uh, the safest route going forward, because if we don't get a handle on the spread of COVID-19, we're going to find ourselves in this pattern for much longer than is required. So I think it really comes down to uh, understanding that uh, the guidance we're receiving as far as uh, masking ourselves and uh, constantly, you know, uh, cleaning our hands and making sure we're uh, conscious of touching our faces all seem somewhat, you know, trivial uh, after you've heard it for uh, the last four months. But I think the message uh, has to be uh, uh, driven even more going into the fall season when we think there may be uh, a second wave if we're not careful about what we do this summer. So let me uh, ask one more question and then I'm going to uh, hand it off to uh, Lango because there are some workforce conversations that you know are being had uh, and we're interested in getting your perspective on them. We've gone through a lot that has shaken us, has changed how we are showing up. And it is evident that for the foreseeable future, if not forever, we're going to be changed. And so how would you say, and this might be a technology and spiritual question, how can we approach this with enthusiasm? Is there a way to actually embrace this new normal as opposed to kind of just enduring or thinking we have to suffer it? I think the embracement is to accept it. I think the resistance against uh, where we are causes the anxiety and is one of the sources of it. By accepting where we are as a nation, uh, as, as a corporation, as an individual, it helps us to settle and to center ourselves to accept the things that we cannot change and begin to understand uh, within the context of maintaining a positive and a patient demeanor, we have to build support groups. And I think uh, a lot of HR professionals are working uh, diligently to begin to address the new culture in the new norm, which is a distributed workforce that's connected uh, via the projects and via the, uh, the, the uh, you know, the, uh, the workflows that have now been extended uh, digitally to, uh, you know, to, to, to the remote community builds the need to make sure that we uh, have, to your point, uh, a safety net. In other words, uh, I believe HR will probably set up a hotline that says, okay, if you get to a point uh, where you feel like you're going stir crazy because you're looking at the same screen and you're sitting uh, down for hours, we're now going to uh, issue a hot 
uh, you know, a hot, you know, uh, red alert that allows you to tap into uh, HR or, 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 or management to uh, talk through it. I think we also are going to find that the the, the way that we strategically take breaks is going to change as well. And I think the breaks we need to take are both mental and also physical. Uh, I know that, you know, being here in New York City in epicenter of it all, uh, I've had to uh, uh, completely modify my workout schedule. So I've uh, uh, taken up walking for the first time in my life. And I uh, am actually healthier during this period because I did not want to get, you know, uh, any bigger and I did not <laughs> want to uh, engage in unhealthy eating. So now I'm cooking. Uh, uh, now I have the time to do that and I can plan meals and I can uh, take the time to make it uh, a healthy meal. So the time that we are given back uh, really, in my opinion, becomes valuable because that's the, our ability to now say, in the context of things, if I'm accepting where I am, let me begin to correlate uh, within myself the things that I know I need. Uh, so if I'm going to take a break, why not do a few push-ups, or why not run up and down the stairs a few times and bring my mind and my body back together so that I'm focused and I'm re-energized and my metabolism is increasing. I think you'll start to see more guidance from corporations on how to not just cope with with uh, being uh, a re in a remote sort of a, a workplace, but how to take advantage of it, how to get the most out of it. And I think we also have uh, impact on the family situation because you now have uh, you know, working moms and dads who have to look over their shoulder to make sure uh, their children are okay. And I think you're going to start to see corporations make accommodations for that as well. Uh, and there's been a lot of understanding so far I mean, over the last uh, four, to, four, uh, four months or four plus months uh, in all of the conference calls and meetings I've had, uh, you know, to see, you know, the, the little kid run across the screen and hop on. It, it's, it's, it's actually, you know, a nice, you know, uh, uh, you know, determined from, uh, you know, just constantly looking at, you know, the same people. So I think the tolerance for the family situation when we're working remotely like this is also uh, a positive because we now have more patience for uh, the multitasking that we have to do as we care for our family uh, and ourselves while we still apply ourselves to work. Thank you so much. I know that Lango has questions about workforce and economy, so I'm happy to uh, welcome her back to the conversation. Take it away, Lango. Thank you for listening to High Tech Sunday, featuring Lango Dean, Dr. Mark Vaughn, and our special guest, Jem Pagan. This week's episode is brought to you by the 2020 Women of Color STEM Conference taking place in Detroit, Michigan, and online from October 8th through the 10th. And now, a word from our sponsor. From waves of change come oceans of opportunities. This has always been our Women of Color STEM Conference message and mission. Now more than ever, we are expanding our rich history and track record of hosting live streamed award shows and interviews, virtual job fairs, learning and networking experiences to complement our on-site events. We're primed and ready to respond to the challenges from COVID-19 
as we reset to rise at our 2020 Women of Color Hybrid STEM Conference on October 8th through the 10th. The world is counting on us. Come ride the waves of change as you explore our limitless oceans of opportunities that can enrich, inspire, connect, and support your continued professional and personal growth that have always been the hallmarks of our women-driven conference. Together, we can help our nation's industries, government, academia, and the military reset, reinvent, and re-energize. Whether you experience our 2020 Women of Color Hybrid STEM Conference in person or in the comfort of your homes or offices, our physical and digital worlds are coming together in a new direction with an innovative conference platform. Take advantage of distance learning with more expansive seminars and continuing education credits. Attend our job fair in person or virtually. Experience the unmatched expertise of women leaders through invaluable training sessions. Be entertained at our awards events and much more. As always, you belong here within our trusted community. Ride the waves of change as we reset to rise. The world is counting on us. Again, the 2020 Women of Color STEM Conference takes place in Detroit, Michigan and online from October 8th through the 10th. Now, back to the show. Thank you, Dr. Vaughn. Welcome again, Mr. Pagan. Um, I was sort of like uh, really uh, caught up in your discussion with Dr. Vaughn about how work had become very distributed. And um, I was thinking, is this the word for the entire workforce or is this the word for people who work as um, teachers, who work as professors, who work in IT? Is, how would you describe this new workforce? So, uh, and thank you for the question, Lingo. I think we have to draw a line down the middle of the paper. And on one side, you would have client-facing professionals, professionals who have to interact with uh, their clients uh, in person uh, because there are certain positions that are bound to uh, client-facing tasks. And then you have what I call the back, back office. Uh, those are the employees that uh, support, you know, what's, what products and services are being delivered uh, to uh, their uh, particular uh, target customers. And if we were to look at the, the uh, employees that are really uh, back of office employees who are operational, they're not necessarily client facing, I think you have uh, less of an impact when it comes to how they perform their duties. Uh, and if you think you know, about professionals who are in the IT sector, we do remote uh, access all the time. Uh, I would I would say that if I had to go on site with every client I serve, I probably would go stir crazy. So uh, there's a certain faction of our workforce that's already tuned up to remote uh, dialing, remote teleworking, and and so forth. And then there's a faction that's used to going into an office. They're used to their office, their cubicle, or their work area, and now that's 
uh, been transformed to their home. And I believe those employees have a shorter sort of a path towards getting into a new normal state by basically uh, having access to the same resources and technologies that they need every day to do their job. The challenge comes to the client facing. Uh, that's where the real challenge is. Uh, and there's a couple challenges and not to, uh, not to go into a doomsday rant, but let's be uh, realistic. Client-facing uh, employees have been impacted the most uh, when you think about uh, the service industry, you think about restaurants, you think about hotels, airlines, uh, these uh, particular industries, malls, uh, you know, uh, bodegas, uh, small shops, small businesses, franchises, these are the most impacted right now. Uh, in terms of uh, needing to maintain revenue and needing to to uh, to have access to customers, I believe that they're really anxiously waiting for like the phase three and phase four of lots of states. Now, here's the challenge. Every state and every city has jurisdiction on the reopening uh, and the phases that uh, that they've identified uh, for their reopening plans. So now we're into a, a, a really distributed sort of client-facing workforce where one city or one state may be completely open and say, hey, you know what, dine-in is now allowed. And you may have other states like in New York where, you know, outside dining is allowed and we have a certain limit uh, in terms of how many uh, customers can enter into uh, a tenant location and that has to be monitored. Uh, so that is going to reduce the workforce. Uh, it's, 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 it's just what happens when we have the, uh, disruptive uh, uh, ec uh, economic experiences or events like this. I would encourage uh, those particular uh, uh, individuals to really start to look at uh, this time as a time to build out, you know, their own professional development uh, and career plans. In other words, retooling. Uh, certifications, uh, hobbies that can be turned into financial, you know, or revenue opportunities. We have to think outside of the box. And I know that that could be turned or deemed as or received as a cliche, but really it's not. It's a principle uh, that has been carried down uh, through multiple generations since the beginning in the early inception of the United States we've always thought outside of the box. And if you think about the different ages that we've gone through in this country and in this short sort of a, a lifespan uh, existence, it's really a constant innovative uh, look into the future as opposed to the, the, the dark and mire. Now, does that really help someone who has to pay rent or has to meet you know, their utility bills? No, that does not. Uh, address any short-term uh, needs uh, financially. But what it does do is encourage them to look into the opportunity and take advantage of any assistance that's available. But while that assistance is being uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, provided, they also need to look at where they want to pivot in their career and take full advantage of this time to start to to really invest in themselves and, and start to really educate themselves. And this, again, helps us uh, mentally uh, and is definitely a wellness sort of positive play because now you're activating your mind uh, as opposed to allowing the worry to, uh, to get the best of you. Thank you, Mr. Pagan. So here we have 
in, in I'm happy you mentioned that. You have people in the face-to-face -face industries, people we all know, and um, you also have people who, um, you know, with bachelor's degrees or higher, or people more likely to work from home. So we have sort of like these two groups or three groups in the workforce. And how do you prepare for challenges in either of these groups? How do you prepare for the challenges ahead? I know you started mentioning some of them, but how do you prepare for the challenges ahead? So there are going to be a lot of challenges ahead. Yeah, the uh, first step is just to accept exactly where we are as individuals, not necessarily identifying with any group, but as an individual, I need to accept what's happening and where I am and allow that to just sink in and say, yes, this is the case. You know, my livelihood has been disrupted. The next phase is to look to see where their particular skill sets uh, can be leveraged for new opportunities. In other words, uh, what do I bring to the table? You know, and it's not necessarily a skill in terms of technology or management. It really talks about the personality and the character of the person. Am I a, a team-oriented person? If not, I probably want to start to look into what it means to be team-oriented. Am I a self-starter? If not, I probably need to take this time to really understand what it means to be a self-starter. In other words, what does it mean to me to not wait for direction, but look for the opportunity to support and help? Many people will say, well, these are soft characteristics. I will tell you, uh, and I've hired hundreds of people throughout my career, uh, we look for uh, the personality fit and the cultural fit within an organization, and usually that carries a higher uh, I would say standard with the uh, with with the uh, the hiring uh, uh, you know a manager or the hiring body because you can have a really gifted employee but if they're really not tuned up with adopting the culture and understanding uh, you know communication both written and verbal uh, then you have this great resource that really requires additional training so if I am looking for my next opportunity. The last thing I want to do is have, is to rely on my potential employer to give me certain skill sets that I can acquire on my own. How do I get there? But the first thing we have to do is to start to read. It's fundamental. And in this fast-paced society, we just don't read enough. And if you don't have the patience to read, you really should look at Audible or some, and even open source solutions are available. So if you don't have the money and you can get to your local library, there's a number of open source solutions, just like Audible, that allows you to have the book read to you. Why is this important? It's super important because if we're not educating ourselves in the moment, then what are we doing for ourselves? And when you think about, you know, disruption, the one thing that I was taught by my mentors at an early age was to self-disrupt, to constantly look at what I'm doing and evaluate it, not to judge it, not to monitor it, but to observe it, observe it for the opportunity to improve. And when we start to get into that mindset, that's actually a skill that's invaluable in any enterprise. The person that's thinking outside of the box, the person that's looking to innovate, they're going to have a different conversation with their peers and with their with their uh, with their management teams. They're going to have a 
different perspective on how a problem can be solved. Why? Because they're now getting themselves into a mindset where they're basically saying, since this is the new norm, I have an opportunity to redefine myself. What do I want to be and how can I get there? The next uh, uh, sort of a approach is to begin to look at the market. You know, what, what different, what sectors or what industries are impacted the most uh, by this pandemic and which ones are, are still, you know, in place and still, you know, chugging along and what services and products do they provide that allows them to stay operational and then look even further and start to look at the business, uh, you know, uh, shows and, and, and start to follow market news because that's where a lot of insight is, is sitting and waiting to be consumed. And it really says, I'm going to start to look into areas where I believe the market is going to grow, where I believe I will be in the position to offer value, and then I can start to work my way towards that goal, as opposed to uh, giving up or or waiting for you know the uh, the next sort of a uh, you know um, uh, payment to come, because we know that those payments uh, they have a they have a, a term limit. Uh, we're, we are not in a position as a country to support uh, uh, a national payroll for much longer. So now that we have this opportunity, let's treat it as such, an opportunity to improve, an opportunity to educate ourselves, an opportunity to retool ourselves, an opportunity to discover that which we uh, feel could be beneficial to our career overall. Thank you. I like how you, you know, when you talked about it's, it's trust in yourself as a person, having that confidence and trust in yourself. And of course, that confidence and trust has to be externalized. You have to put it out there and trust in, in the forces, that the workforce, uh, um, what you're doing, your team, who you're working with, and, and, and all that sort of thing. But the reality is, Mr. Pagan, you have, I was reading something, 82% of computer programmers, engineers, economists, astronomers, physicists, and others, other people working in STEM work from home or are able to work from home. You have, of course, the chief executives, lawyers, accountants, managers able to work from home. 98% of teachers, professors, librarians, and other people able to work from home. So what would you say to people who are not in these categories? How, how do they establish trust? in the workforce, this new normal workforce, how do they establish trust in it? Well, they have to look at uh, wh whatever their career is, is today. Uh, and if that uh, career path has been disrupted uh, by the pandemic, <laughs> it's important to accept that, to say, okay, uh, there is an issue here. Uh, I'm not saying that everyone can pivot towards technology, nor does everyone like technology enough to uh, invest the time and energy it takes to uh, to build a skill set. However, there are lots of positions that are are needed by technologists uh, every day. Uh, when you think about project management, you think about content managers, you think about testers. Uh, there are so many different facets available that does not require you to have a technical degree or technical experience. That's very, very important. Another aspect is to take advantage of, of, the, uh, of the availability that the person has to make themselves available as uh, 
a, 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 a consumer of technology with an attitude to make money from it. What do I mean by that? Well, if you look at Google and Amazon and Microsoft, they're, they're now paying uh, uh, people outside of the tech industry to bank against their applications to to you know discover you know the new uh, uh, you know uh, features and functionality and give them feedback uh, it is not far-fetched uh, to think about you know an individual uh, maybe leveraging uh, you know relationships that they may have had with other peers and forming uh, a group that says hey we understand people, we're client facing, this skill set's very important because we understand the sentiment, we understand how to manage through difficult situations, we know how to deliver the customer experience. Now let's go and find uh, the corporations and the uh, startups and the businesses that need those eyes and ears on the products and services they're developing and become an end user tester or become you know, a, a, a customer experience uh, a specialist. Why? Because that's the skill set they currently have. They may have never thought uh, that the need to have testing uh, for these applications we develop is so critical. Why is it critical? Because a lot of the team members are already vested in the technology. Having new eyes and ears on these applications and these technologies and products we're developing really gives us more of a diverse feedback engine that we need to improve on and to continue to innovate on these technologies. So it's not far-fetched to think that an individual or a group of individuals can come together and begin to market their services uh, to uh, companies that need that type of talent and need people who have customer experience uh, to help them to understand how to transfer that face-to-face -face customer experience to a digital customer experience. Wonderful, Mr. Pagan. Thanks for laying that groundwork on basically the job outlook and the economy. But I, to go a little bit deeper into the COVID-19 economy and post-COVID-19 economy, I'm going to throw you back to Dr. Vaughn, and uh, I'm also hoping to hear um, your comments on training and certification, so what they're going to look like. Over to you, Dr. Vaughn. Thanks so much, and and uh, you you hit the nail on the head. So uh, before we start to to close out and hand it back over uh, to Brandon, uh, could you give us some thoughts on how certifications and trainings are going to be impacted as we go forward? The wonderful thing about uh, certifications and online training is that there is a huge amount of choices out there. <clears throat> uh, I'll, I'll mention a, a few. Uh, Udemy uh, is one that I, I really enjoy. I use it myself because I'm constantly learning new technologies. I'm constantly learning new business strategies and I'm constantly looking uh, to expand my skill sets every day. Uh, it's, it's something that I was introduced um, to when I was uh, at Morgan State University. And I'll never forget, uh, Hewlett Packard Corporation uh, issued uh, a thought leadership white paper and the uh, message was continuous learning. Help us to send the message to your students that when they enter into the workforce, we need them to have one solid principle, if nothing else, and that's to have a mindset to constantly learn. And I think that 
continuous learning is something that uh, sets apart uh, average employees from high-performing employees or, or professionals. I think also uh, universities have been very accommodating along with uh, community colleges, who I think have been the most accommodating in helping to transition into and, uh, employees that have been disrupted by this pandemic into new areas of opportunity. So leveraging uh, resources uh, online, and then you have the free, the YouTube, and the amount of training and amount of learning available uh, on YouTube alone is just, uh, it's, 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 it's awesome. And I think once people accept where they are, they can start to focus on that positive and patient path towards a better day. But we really do have to focus on accepting it and then starting to really understand ourselves. And it, and it, it begins with just sitting down and just jotting down the things that I like and the things that I don't particularly like. And the things that I would like to learn and the things that you know I feel I've learned pretty well. And, and make that mosaic, and I call it a mosaic because you know that's what we used to say in financial services for, for so many years. Uh, it, that mosaic of yourself, when you put it on paper and you look at it, you begin to see a canvas that can be shaped into and, and structured into a pathway towards a, a more successful and promising future. But it does take a little upfront effort on our parts to number one, focus on constantly learning. Continuous learning is here to stay and that is the new norm because no matter how uh, comfortable I may be today, uh, there is no uh, guarantee that, that uh, disruption will, will continue uh, into the future. So I'm always looking to expand my skill sets. I don't want to rest on what I know. I want to rest on the the, uh, the ability to constantly learn. If we can build and get that message out there along with uh, also going into ourselves to figure out what it is that makes us happy, what gets us out of the bed in the morning, what makes us positive about life, and then taking this opportunity to start to, uh, to explore that. Now, most people will look at the barriers and they'll say, well, you know, Jim, that sounds great, uh, but you know what, uh, the time it is gonna take is, is going to be, you know, uh, uh, anticlimactic against what I'm facing up front. However, I will tell you that what you're facing up front, you're still going to face. Whether you embrace it or you resist it, it's still there. And no matter what you think, and no matter what I think, it's still here. So we have a choice to make. Do we embrace it and go into this with an attitude to find the best path possible for ourselves? Or do we resist and hold back and complain and, and basically uh, go into self-pity, which, and, and, and which ultimately could lead to a depressive state? So I want to encourage people to go into it, embrace it and say, yes, I am here. I have a choice. The glass is half full or it's half, em or, or it's half empty. I want it to be have full for myself because I can't afford to just, you know, bask in what it is that I can't change, but focus on what it is that I can. And it could be something minute. And you start there. And then in the next moment, you do the next thing. And before you realize it, the person's now starting like a machine to get revved up. And the moment that they get a little success, that it reinforces and encourages them to keep going. And then when they get down, there should be a support system. It could be a friend, it could be a family member, it could be a group, it could be peers, it could be friends. But 
understanding how to reach out ahead of time before you need support and focus on the people that we trust to say, hey, I may give you a call uh, because, you know, sometimes this gets the best of me. And basically what I want you to do is just to help me to steer right back into the positive. And I think those are the, just the, uh, the the basic, bare minimum uh, approaches we can take to get the most positive experience out of this pandemic. Wow. Help me steer into the positive. I think that's a great note for us to end with. I think, uh, Mr. Pagan, that I can speak for Lango Dean and everyone uh, associated with this uh, broadcast that this has been a provocative, timely, and encouraging conversation. We appreciate your time and look forward to continuing to stay in touch as you are leading the efforts around new normal embracing. Uh, with that, I am going to turn it back over to Mr. Brandon Newby. Take care. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of High Tech Sunday. Career Communications Group's High Tech Sunday looks at professional development and technology through the lens of spiritual philosophies. In a time when digital information is more critical than ever, this weekly program is produced by and for CCG's community of alumni and professionals in science, technology, engineering, and math fields. The community runs from national thought leaders to aspiring students. And this weekly series aims to bring a concentrated discussion around technological advancements and achievements based on universal moral principles. The one-hour podcast will be streamed every Sunday. The podcast can be accessed through the Bay of Facebook page, Women of Color Facebook page, and CCG YouTube page, in addition to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and Spotify. Please join us next time.